Do you want to multiply disciples of Jesus, take cities for God, ignite mighty prayer movements, and spark a third great awakening in the United States? You have come to the right place. If you long to see people love Jesus passionately, live in purity, and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, this is what we do. My goal is to encourage and invest in the move of God happening in South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. This is the Five State Revival Podcast. I am so encouraged by some of the testimonies I've been hearing lately of how normal people in our five-state region are engaging in the Great Commission and how God is working through them. So in this segment, I'm going to share two of those testimonies with you. Josh Lindquist from Minnesota wrote this testimony on his Facebook page from last week, and he gave me permission to share it. So I'll just read it to you. Josh says, wow, this is what compassion looks like. This guy told us last night that he was homeless and hopeless because of his drug addiction. He was on the light rail late last night to avoid the sub-zero weather. Then my friend looked him straight in the eyes and told him his story of being a homeless drug addict for three years and how he surrendered his life to God and was completely set free by Jesus. As we spoke hope into this guy's life and prayed for him, he broke down sobbing in our arms. Big, tough gangster dude with tattoos all over, sobbing in the arms of messengers sent by Jesus. The power of God hit him, and now he is one step closer to the kingdom. It was such a beautiful moment to see love in action. It was so cold last night, but I'm glad we went out. Even if it was for just this one guy, it was worth it. Let's go get them, church. They are waiting for us, and these precious treasures are everywhere. I absolutely love that testimony. I want to share a second testimony with you. And this one comes from a lady that I know, and she's a stay-at-home mom who loves Jesus passionately and wants to share the gospel and make disciples of Jesus. And so she was praying and said, God, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. It's hard for me to go out all the time. I'm usually stuck in my house. What can I do to make disciples? And the Lord gave her the idea of starting a Bible study on her Facebook page. So she created a page to for a Bible study. She picked a book about knowing Jesus better, and she invited her friend. She said, hey, who wants to do this Bible study with me and get this book, and then we'll write our comments and what we're going to do, um, what God's doing in our life um, as we read the book. We'll share it on the Facebook page. She has 23 people who are signed up to do that with her. I thought that was such a creative way to get involved and make disciples. So, With that being said, we'll go ahead and move on into our next segment where we'll check the scoreboard. So every week we will have a segment on this podcast called The Scoreboard, where we will track what God is doing in our five-state region in five key areas. The first area is we're going to look at how many times the gospel was shared in our five-state regions. Second area, we're going to look at how many people we baptized in the five-state region in the past week. The third area, we're going to look at how many people are we actively discipling in our five-state region. 
And then the fourth area, we're going to look at how many discipleship groups are we leading in the five-state region. And finally, the fifth area, how many houses of prayer are we leading in our five-state region? And so I'll go ahead and give this to you right now from the past week of those that I've heard about. We have shared the gospel 164 times in the past week that I know of. We have baptized zero people that I know of in the last week. We are actively discipling 63 different people um, in the last week. That's that's what we're doing. Uh, we have 15 discipleship groups that I know of that are going on, and there's nine houses of prayer. And so we're going to do this every week. The reason that I'm doing this is because I love the objectivity of a scoreboard. You know, I want to know if we're actually doing the mission and the, that Jesus gave us to do. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. And then he told us how to do it by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jesus also said in Mark 16, he said, go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so what I want to do is a mission to his church that's so important. I like, I like to measure, are we actually sharing the gospel with lost people? Are we actually discipling them, baptizing them when they say yes to the good news and they want to become a follower of Jesus? Are we meeting with them and teaching them how to live for Jesus and obey his commands? Are we forming them together into healthy churches or healthy discipleship groups where they can study the word of God and encourage one another and minister to the Lord? Are we gathering them and teaching them how to pray and call them on the Lord and be a house of prayer like Jesus said his church will be? And so the I have a sports background and I love the fact that you can look up at the scoreboard and the scoreboard never lies. It tells you how good that you're doing. And so I find sometimes, you know, you could go, for example, to a football game, you could stand on the sideline of one team and hear a couple players saying, oh, we're so awesome. You know, we made this great play. We had a 30 yard run and I made this sweet throw and I made an awesome catch and we had a nice 20 yard gain. And I could look up at the scoreboard and say, listen, guys, you're losing 52 to zero. Okay. So you're patting yourselves on the back, but you're not getting it done on the scoreboard. And so some changes have to be made. What do we need? to do to change that scoreboard around. And when I look in the five-state region, and I, if there was a scoreboard, how many people right now are in the kingdom of darkness and how many are in the kingdom of God? Uh, the scoreboard is way in favor of most people in our region are in the kingdom of darkness right now. And what I want to see, and I know you do too, is we want to see that flipped around. We want to see where there's more people in the kingdom of God in our region loving and serving Jesus passionately than there are outside the kingdom of God in our region. And so I want to know, we have this scoreboard of five key areas that we're going to keep in track because if we'll do the practical things that Jesus told us to do, I know that he's going to work with us. Signs and wonders are going to follow our ministry and people will believe and follow Jesus and we can see a great awakening in our region. So I encourage you to keep a weekly scoreboard for yourself or for your discipleship group or Bible study that you're leading. If you're a pastor of a church, you know, if you can do that with your church, that would be awesome. And the disciples that you're training, you know, 
Ask them every week when you get together with them, how many people have you shared the gospel with? How many people did you baptize this week? How many are you actively discipling? How many discipleship groups are you leading? And how many houses of prayer are you leading? And so if you can do that, you can email your weekly stats to me, so to speak, and testimonies. I would love to hear your testimonies. Send them to me at fivestaterevival at gmail.com. And so I can share them on the podcast for others to be encouraged by what God is doing in our region. Also, I encourage you to share any cool testimonies you know um, that are going on in our region. Share them. You can go to our Facebook page at Five State Revival and write testimonies on there. Send them in to me. I would love to hear what God is doing. So with that said, let's go ahead and move on into our next segment, the training segment. Okay, in this segment, I want to give you three things that you can do to participate in the move of God that's happening in our region. And I feel so much excitement. My wife and I both, I have her joining me on this segment in just a a minute or two. I'm going to have her uh, share a few things that God has revealed to her. But I feel, we feel so much excitement over what God is doing in our five-state region in 2018. He has told us that the prayer movement is giving birth to a missions movement. There is a special grace available to Jesus followers in our region to birth a missions movement through prayer and disciple making this year. We believe that with all of our heart. In Luke chapter 10, verse 2 through 3, Jesus told his disciples, there were 70 of them gathered, and he said to them, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So the first thing he says is that the harvest is abundant. And that is true right now where you live. There are people who are ready to be saved. God has already prepared their hearts. They are ready to be saved. If only a believer will come to them, share the gospel with them, take them under the wing and teach them how to obey Jesus' commands. They'll do it. They just need someone who knows Jesus to come along and help them do it. The harvest is abundant. The problem, Jesus said, is that the workers are few. And so he says, guys, you are the prayer movement. He dubs them, he commissions them, pray that God would raise up workers that would go out and reap the harvest that's in our area. And then he looks at the same exact group of people And he says to the prayer movement, he says, now go. So he actually calls the prayer movement and he says, you're also the missions movement. You're the answer to your own prayer. The prayer movement and the missions movement are one movement. And so we want to encourage you. God is birthing that this year. And when we talk about a missions movement, a lot of times, you know, the automatic thought is I have to get on a plane and go to another country to be a missionary. But I think the primary thing that God is emphasizing right now is that you would begin to engage in a lifestyle of sharing the gospel with lost people and making disciples of Jesus right where you live, right where you work, right in your own household with your own children to intentionally engage in the activities Jesus describes in the Great Commission. And I heard a statistic Uh, A number of years ago, I read this. It was a survey that was done in America that said in America, those who consider themselves Christians, I think it was over 90% of those people 
had never shared the gospel or very rarely ever shared the gospel. And that grieved my heart when I heard it because I thought, how can we actually see a harvest of people coming to know the Lord if we're not doing the things Jesus said and sharing the gospel with them? And so what we want to do is we want to flip that around. We want to make it where the majority of believers in our five-state region are engaged on a weekly basis sharing the gospel with lost people and then teaching them to obey Jesus' commands. So I am asking my wife here. She's had a couple dreams that God's given her. She has a really strong prophetic gift, and I want her to share these dreams to encourage you. Thanks, Jeff. It's really a privilege to be here on Five State Revival podcast, and I'm uh, very excited to share with you a few things the Lord has shown me. Um, a number of years ago, I, I had a dream, a very vivid uh, prophetic dream experience with the Lord. Uh, one morning, my alarm went off like normal. I reached over. I hit the snooze, which also is a normal thing. And as soon as I hit snooze, like immediately I was in, in a vivid dream experience with the Lord. And I was on a highway in this dream. And I was um, driving a four-wheeler, a little ATV, along the side of the highway. And I was, you know, not going very fast because four-wheelers don't go fast, like maybe 20 miles an hour, zoom, you know, zooming along um, on this highway. And I look up and in front of me is a wall of water coming straight at me. And literally this wall of water reached from horizon to horizon and there was no escaping it. It was it was like a, a wall, like a tsunami, a tidal wave coming straight for me. Well, I'm on a little four-wheeler and so I flip it around and I just like, I thought I got to get out of here. And I start heading in the opposite direction. And then I look up and there's a second wall of water coming from the opposite direction, also straight at me. And so I, I literally said in the dream, um, this might be God, but I think I'm going to die. And all of a sudden, these two great walls of water collided and crashed on top of me. And the dream was very vivid. I was rolling and um, I was like being thrown up in the air from the pressure of these two waves colliding. And But pretty soon I realized after a few moments that I wasn't drowning and I wasn't even swimming. I was actually flying at this point. I was flying through the water like Superman, supersonic speed. Like it felt like I was going 200 miles per hour, speeding through this water. And all of a sudden, I broke out of the waves and I was on the highway again. But this time I wasn't in my little ATV. I wasn't in my little four-wheeler going 20. I was again, flying like Superman, 200 miles an hour on this highway. And up, a, up in front of me, I see a couple angels standing on the side of the road. And as I zoomed past them, flying past them, I heard them say, the name of the Lord is being revived in the land. When I woke up from this and I pondered this for a few years, and we really feel like what the Lord is saying, that there is like a wave, a, a prayer wave, a prayer movement that he's been birthing in the earth. And then there's a missions movement that he's birthing in the earth. And those two, the missions movement, the prayer movement are about ready to collide. They are coming together in this Amen. season. And for those of us who are who are positioned on that road, those of us who have a ministry that have been pointed in these directions, it's gonna we're gonna come out of this thing in great acceleration. Amen. There's going to be a great acceleration for the harvest in this season that we're in right now. 
Um, I wanted to share with you a, a second uh, experience that I had too with the Lord. And this one was just this last fall. And um, as I was, as I've been pondering this and asking the Lord about this coming missions movement, he gave me this a particular dream to, I believe, encourage our hearts. And in this dream, I was standing on the edge of a great body of water. It looked like a sea. And um, it was very vast. And there was this great bridge that spanned this huge sea, like from one side to the other. And I saw all these people crossing over on the bridge, coming over towards me. And the Lord said in the dream, this bridge is my golden gate. Amen. Because it's what it is, is it was his golden gate because it was his entry for us believers. It was our our his entry into the greater things in the kingdom, into the next season that he has for us. And people were just filled. They just filled this bridge, thousands of people crossing over the Lord's golden gate. And then someone came up to me and they said, look it, you called them and they answered. And I know that it was for more than just me, but as the leaders in the body of Christ call the people around us to greatness. We call them to answer the great commission to Amen. go. There is a grace, a tremendous grace on the body of Christ in this hour to say yes. There is a grace on the body to answer the call to go and to cross over uh, the Lord's golden gate, so to speak. Well, once the people got over um, across the bridge, there was this little path they would take along the water, and they had two choices. They could turn and go back onto a second bridge and return from to where they first came from, or they could board a ship and they could take a trip to a faraway land. And um, we know the Lord was talking about the answering to this missions movement. He's redefining how we define missions. And as we say yes to the Great Commission, some will be called to stay and some will be called to go. But everyone can answer yes to the Great Commission. Amen. Everyone can say, yes, I will be part of the go movement. And some of us are called to go to our backyard, so to speak, and be missionaries to our neighbors and to our workplaces and to our families, to our hometowns. And some of us, as we say yes to this go movement, the Lord will begin to uproot us and he'll take us to other cities, other communities, other people groups, and even the far um, unreached people groups of the earth. We are believing that South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, that we will have a significant role to play in reaching the unreached people groups of the entire earth. Amen. That's awesome. So what I want to do is I want to just share with you how you can become part of this move of God, the missions movement and the prayer movement that's happening in our five-state region. Here's three things you can do. First, share the gospel weekly. So who will you share the gospel with this week? Listen, if you were to share the gospel with only one person every single week, that would be 50 people in a year. Do you realize that if every person who calls themselves a believer in Jesus in our five-state region shared the gospel with 50 people in a year, we would have the whole region saturated with the good news of Jesus in a very, very short period of time. So share the gospel weekly. The second thing you can do, start a discipleship group. 
A discipleship group, you know, I define that as if you get three or more people who gather together regularly to study the word of God, to pray together, to minister to each other and encourage each other to love and obey Jesus, that is a discipleship group. So start one of those. Get two or three people together. Just start in a book of the Bible and start reading through it together and then talk about what can we do to obey and believe what we just read. And the third thing you can do, start a house of prayer. A house of prayer for that I'm talking about, it doesn't have to be a, you don't have to have a building or a big budget or some fancy instruments. You just need to have two people and Jesus. And if you'll gather together just two or more people and you pray, you worship Jesus and you pray, listen, it can be 20 or 30 minutes a week during a lunch break at work or at school. It can be getting together with a friend and praying once a week. It can be gathering your family together and praying. You know, once a week, we're going to have a prayer meeting where we just take 20, 30 minutes and we pray together. Do you know that if we had five to 10,000 of those types of prayer houses start this year, that would be an awakening in our region. It would be huge. You can do this. You know, I talked to a lady this last week and she was so excited. She says to me, you know, the elderly need to be mobilized. The elderly need to be mobilized. And I encouraged her. I said, listen, go and mobilize them. Just go visit two or three of them and say, hey, let's pray together. Pray together for 20 or 30 minutes, worship Jesus, and then say, I'll be back next week at the same time that we'll pray again. And you do that every week. You've just started a house of prayer. It's that simple. So share the gospel weekly, start a discipleship group, and start a house of prayer. I just want to pray with you. So I encourage you to engage your faith and believe with me right now as I pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would raise up laborers in South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska, in every city, on every campus, among every people group who are sharing the gospel and making disciples of Jesus. Father, I bless those who are listening to this podcast, that the power of the Spirit would come upon them and give them vision, give them ideas, give them anointing. You've given them authority to go make disciples and I bless them to bear much fruit for the Father's glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So now that we're done with that, we'll move on into our final segment. If you are interested in evangelism, disciple-making, or how to ignite church-planting movements, I want to encourage you to visit the YouTube page of Chuck and Deb Wood. That's Chuck and Deb Wood. If you'll just go to YouTube and type in their name, it'll pull up their page. Chuck is actually a mentor of mine who's really helped me a lot in the area of making disciples and planting churches. And he has tons of great resources on his YouTube page that will equip you in multiplying disciples of Jesus and churches right where you live. Also, I want to let you know that on Monday evening, beginning at 8 p.m. on January 15th, I will be doing a two-hour evangelism training seminar at Church at the Gate in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I invite you to come and join us if you'd like to learn more about this. It's going to be at Church at the Gate. It's their college group, their young adult group. I'm super excited to go and do this. I believe God is going to break out in a significant way on college campuses this year. I'm so excited to invest in that. So I would love to see you there. 
So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can email me with your testimonies and feedback at fivestaterevival at gmail.com. I encourage you to subscribe to our Facebook page. It's called Five State Revival. Also, you can subscribe to my YouTube page, Jeff Mann. And um, I have evangelism training videos on there. And I just have uh, videos and teachings and trainings to invest into the missions and the prayer movement in our five-state region. I hope you find that a good resource. I encourage you to uh, share these resources with other revivalists that you know in our region. And check back with us next week for our next show. God be with you.